This episode contains information about mental and physical health. We remind you that we are not trained or qualified health professionals and everything we talk about in this episode is based on our own experience. If you are in need of medical or psychiatric help, please seek professional help from your GP. Our circle aims to bring you open and honest conversations in a safe and inclusive space. If you are triggered by discussing mental or physical health, we advise you to skip this episode as we do not aim to cause any mental harm for our listeners. We look forward to you coming back to our next episode and welcoming you to our circle. This episode is not sponsored, but we encourage you to help support the small businesses, charities and organisations that we mention. Hi, I'm Jess. Hi, I'm Rhiannon. And welcome back to our circle. Today, we're going to be talking about COVID anxiety um, and how we manage this anxiety, because I know that both Rhi and I have struggled with anxiety in the past and COVID has sort of brought it all up again. In bucket Um, loads. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. It's a universal feeling of unknown. It's understandable because we see new negative information every day on the news, on social media. It's hard to escape it. Even I think walking down the street, you hear people's conversations. It is all about COVID. You always hear about, oh, this person's got the virus or something negative is always being spoken about. So it's definitely something that everyone can relate to, I think. Mm -hmm. Another source of this anxiety, I think, from the first lockdown especially, has been all these new skills like baking banana breads and it that was the biggest one wasn't it but everyone seemed to either discover or learn how to create banana bread I I don't (laughs) know like I've been doing it for years I I don't mean like that I was like why just that one why has everyone gone for banana bread is it like do you reckon it was just the easiest one for everyone to make I don't I have no idea. I don't know it, where that, that obsession one. came with. Yeah, yeah I, know, like, I know. I'm making banana bread. Same, same, same. I was like, <laughs> anything else? <laughs> yeah, it was. But there was one point I remember going to the shop and you could not buy eggs. There were just no eggs. Mm. So that was yeah, Ooh, a little strange. tip for any for our listeners who want um some egg substitute. You can get if you have flax seeds, you just have two tablespoons of that and add some water and you just mix it together. That makes egg. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say um, aquafaba. You can use that, your... but I don't know how to use it for, like for cake. Whereas I know for a cake substitute with egg, you definitely can just use flax seeds with water and you literally just mix it together, like boiling water, like two tablespoons with two tablespoons of flax seed. I think that's the right measurement. If you check out on my um, bakes Instagram, I've put the conversion somewhere in one of the highlights and it basically makes an egg substitute. That's so interesting. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, run. Yeah, where was I? So it was like running as well was a massive one, wasn't it? Oh, and it's all yeah. these things that that people were almost achieving, like mm-hmm. learning new things. Whereas personally, I felt like I just needed to almost survive it, just get through it. What I could have, what I could do to get through the day mm-hmm. um, with a baby and now a toddler who's even more active. So yeah, if that's how you're feeling, you're not alone. We're now in our third lockdown. What was your experience? What were your first feelings um, at the beginning of the pandemic? Because I know, Brie, you were actually really... I was ahead of everyone. ...to the game. I was ahead of everyone. This is coming. Yeah, Yeah. and no one listened to me, which I was just like, why does no one believe me that this is a bad thing? Because, and the the only reason, and this sounds a bit like, I don't know, but the only reason I was like, this is bad, 
is because China shut down. <laughs> like they, mm. they put the whole of China on lockdown. So I was like, this isn't normal. How is everyone acting as if this isn't a bad thing and just saying, oh, it's like the flu. I was like, China doesn't shut down for anything. <laughs> so you just barely I, heard about it on the news. Yeah. So I was just sort of like, this is coming. I can feel it. I can feel this impending doom. I'm going to just try and warn everyone. No one wants to give a shit, right? Okay. I'll just freak out in my head. And then mm. everything started happening. And I think I don't know if in some ways that had helped me like freaking out beforehand, because then when everything happened, it was like I'd already prepared myself for it. Not right. to not in the sense of, right, I know what I'm doing. I was just like it wasn't coming as a horrific shock to me like it, it was for a lot of people. And, you know, that that must have been really hard for a lot of people to it's, it's hard for everyone to accept what the hell we've just been put through and what we're experiencing. I almost prepare myself for the worst with absolutely everything. So this was like, okay, I'm ready to accept this horrible news. Tell me. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I was freaked out obviously at first. I think I needed, as we all did, I needed information on what, you know, how um how do I make sure this doesn't happen to me? Like, is this something that is going to get me whether I like it or not? Like, I didn't understand what it was. I just knew it was bad. We didn't have any information like the scientists didn't either. Like, there was no information yet mm. other than this is happening. And the way that I was seeing it actually first was on Instagram. Um, people were sharing videos that had been leaked in China of people um, just collapsing and dying and all this sort of stuff. And I was just like, oh my god what is this like what mm. what is this like I just I I was terrified so I just needed more information really and then as soon as they were like okay it's happening because of this you need to do this to prevent it I was like fine I know what my rules are I know what what I have to do so yeah it's that it's that fear of the unknown isn't it it's yeah. yeah it, that was the scariest thing I think right at the beginning of the pandemic was what is this we've never seen this before even the people the scientists, the people who, mm. the really clever people that everyone really wants to, like, believes in and, you know, look up to mm. as the people who know the most had no idea what it was. Yeah, so that's really scary. When you have, and this is the same, the same principle applies with everything. When there's a lack of knowledge, there's a whole sort of fear of and and feeling of like being unsettled like when you just ha don't have knowledge like knowledge mm -hmm. is power isn't it so having no knowledge about any of this it just felt like chaos which it was and it was chaos for a long time until there was some sort of um you know rules and regulations on how we had to conduct ourselves through this meaning you know not to touch one another and to start wearing face masks and to wash our hands and then mm -hmm. eventually led to the lockdowns yeah I, I agree I I mean I I didn't Really, I heard about it on this morning strangely enough yeah. like the f for the first time this woman was this doctor came onto the show and was telling the viewers about it but she very much made it sound like that's in China we don't have to worry about anything right now um, well that's so true actually when that that was sort of this first stuff we were thinking they're like oh it's in China it will stay in China and then I will always remember I was at my um my last job I was sitting at my desk and we were, my um, office colleagues, we were all very like in the morning, we'd all talk about everything that was going on in the world and just, you know, just very sort of chatty and stuff. And if any news came through, we would always share it with each other. And then someone just went, the first case is in the UK. And I literally looked up, I went, that's it. <laughs> I literally looked at them all. I went, that's it. Right. Here we go. So, and I just, as soon as that mm -hmm. happened, as soon as it came to the UK, I just knew 
this was about to change I had no idea that obviously what sort of shape or form but I knew it was about to get bad I just didn't know how bad yeah I think as well what I found scary and what I do find scary is that it's like invisible like yes. it's so you Absolutely. cannot see it you don't know if you, you can't even see it in someone if like they might be carrying it but not showing any symptoms that to me is really scary Terrible. and not knowing how it affects different people so that's terrifying to me as well that it's it's not one set of rules for everyone this virus like it's like oh it doesn't discriminate so it can go for anyone and it doesn't decide what level of mm. horrific it's going to be to you so I oh yeah, yeah. so that that's definitely how I was was and still am feeling to be honest mm. uh, especially with this new strain that's come out recently and how mm. it can um, spread much quicker that's what's been uh, affecting feel, my anxiety do you feel like your anxiety would have been um, less if you weren't a mother or do you think it would be the, the same sort of amount no I think less not to the point where I would be going out to raves yeah. and things like that but I it's just another person to think about another person to worry about yeah someone that you know it's cliche but it's love that you've never ever felt before yeah. so it's just that protection mode on like a level a thousand mm. I just would do anything to protect her so I think definitely being a mother's made it harder and a first time mother you know yeah I've never never experienced being a mother before but then having to navigate through that on my own not being able to kind of go to any support groups or there's a lot to go a lot of there's so many different yeah a lot of milestones that I experienced my myself and couldn't share with my family and I was going to go into that next actually is what other feelings have come with that making those tough decisions to not see your family and doing the right thing mm. with that for me has come with a lot of guilt and that's played into my anxiety as well because I think who have I who am I upsetting in this process of um not seeing people not touching people mm. my family Joe's family missed so much of Mila's mm. growing up before she was one where she's changing day to day all the time yeah they weren't experiencing that with me and I was taking photos and videos all the time like when I think when I when she was eight months old I ordered like physical pictures and I really went through and chose you know, I had multiple pictures of the same thing, but I chose really carefully and it still came up to like 800 photos. Wow. So yeah, it was, it's a lot, but that was my way of trying to combat that feeling of guilt. I was like, well, yeah, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still including people. I'm still letting them see her like walk for the first time or yeah. crawling, crawling. It was quite a big one, her rolling over, all these things that were happening. And I felt like, oh my goodness, I, I wish that my mum was here to see this. Like, this mm. is so huge. Mm. So that was really hard. But then I think as the lockdowns have gone on, I've learned to be more selfish. And when I say selfish, it's actually being selfless because I'm thinking of other people oh, and absolutely. their health as well. Yeah, but I have absolutely. to say it is a, me being selfish because I'm thinking of my immediate family and our safety. Mm. By doing that, I am protecting other people. So I have to keep reminding myself of that. Mm. And I think it's really important for me and my own mental health in general to 
stick with what I believe in and not Absolutely. make my, put myself in uncomfortable situations where I'm going to feel even worse, even more anxious. Absolutely. I'm not going to force myself to, because someone is upset that they don't get to give us a hug. I'm not going mm. to be like, okay, let's do it anyway, because that, that goes against how I'm feeling. Yeah. That goes against my beliefs. That goes against my views. So why don't put yourself in that situation, I think Absolutely. is the best way to help. I think a lot of people are learning that as well, that they have to go by what actually feels right to them. I spoke to a friend the other day who I think she was responding to something that I'd posted on my story to do with, you know, staying home to do with the pandemic. And mm-hmm. she said that she felt such guilt. She went to see a friend during the Christmas period where it was allowed before all of the the tier restrictions and where you mm-hmm. could sort of do the Christmas dinners and stuff. And she said that she left she was mid like with friends and stuff and she just turned around and saw everyone was sort of not acting like you should be in a pandemic they weren't wearing masks and she just felt such an incredible amount of guilt she hadn't really wanted to go to start with and she said that she left and then when she got home she made herself quarantined for 10 days bless her and I just thought Mm. you know whatever makes you feel comfortable don't put yourself in a situation that is so stress inducing and anxiety provoking because you know we don't have an end sight yet do we really so it's sort of like whatever's going to get you through it don't make it worse for yourself yeah 100% I think like I said earlier I used the word surviving and I think that's key it's survival getting through it and I think you have to bear in mind whatever however lenient you're feeling Mm -hmm. whether it's wrong or right Mm -hmm. you have to respect other people's views yeah so if someone is feeling uncomfortable with coming to see you even for a walk if they're not feeling comfortable with that you just have to keep like bear in mind a lot's probably going on through their mind Mm. and you need to just respect their space their decision let them get on with it it's not going to be forever it does seem like it's taking a very long time we thought we would we would progress a little bit more in terms of being protected but the sort of hurdles keep coming up Mm. don't they but you just have to go with it I think that's one thing that we've we've learned going through this is that you just got to roll with it Mm. until things get a bit easier and that hopefully will be soon but you can't just jump to it and what I love is this post that I keep seeing on Instagram and I I know you've posted it before is um, just because you're over it doesn't mean that it's not there anymore Mm. just because you're over the pandemic does not mean that we're all over it and Mm. it's finished so I think that's something to bear in mind but definitely something that's helped me is to kind of remind myself of my beliefs what I'm doing is right for my family Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks Mm -hmm. it's not permanent it will it will end at some point hopefully I've seen all these techniques online there are lots of um, Instagram posts with pictures of um, how to de-stress how to manage your anxiety especially during the pandemic one of the main things they say is um, to manage your media intake so I think I don't know if you follow what's his name Matt Haig nope okay he's quite big on anxiety and he tried to take his own life I think it was about 20 years ago okay um, and he suffered with a lot of depression but he's very vocal about it on social media and he's great he's really really inspiring in what he posts especially as a male I think that's one thing that really resonated with me because I don't feel like I see a lot of that no Um, you don't do you no, but he's very open like about it. I feel like it's starting to rise, especially because of this pandemic. I feel like men are starting to address 
their mental health in a way mm. that's an open discussion and inviting other people to talk about it too yeah that's great to see and mm. I think yeah this guy Matt is one of them but he says something along the lines of stay informed but don't let it completely overtake your thoughts because mm. it's not it's not healthy to just constantly be taking in negative information all the time so I think mm. it's important to maybe check in like once a day or however often that you feel like you can with what's going on in the world and what the latest is for example with restrictions or whatever the health secretary or someone is saying but also then take a step back and do something else so yeah you've got the information that you need mm. but don't keep on consuming it if that's something that affects you unhealth yeah, yeah because we were we were speaking about it earlier weren't we mm. I was saying it really helps me to get off my phone for a few hours or put my phone on airplane mode mm-hmm. I don't know why just like not being in contact all the time not having things pop up on my phone really helps me going out for walks really helps me and leaving my phone but you were saying the opposite weren't you Ray? yeah I am terrified at the moment of leaving my house I just have I just have really bad anxiety about leaving the house I think I'm just so fearful of this so I am not going on walks which I probably should be but I'm, I'm just not feeling comfortable to do so so I'm not going to feel guilty for not doing it but because I'm not going outside I'm not going for walks I'm not seeing anyone other than the people who I live with which is my parents and my brother to me I feel a sense of normality by being on social media and just constantly interacting with people because that's the only form of interaction I'm getting you know like other than with my family and obviously I love my family and I, I interact with them every day but you know, I can't be bugging them to talk to me every five seconds of the day. And, you know, you know, you just need your own sort of space or whatever. And mm. I just find it a lot more, I don't know, I, I enjoy it. I, I feel like I'm not, I said it before in a, one of our previous episodes, like I don't get too heavily affected by things on social media. And if I do, I'm very good at quickly scrolling past it and just trying to find the good stuff so I feel like for me being on social media actually is quite calming for me Mm -hmm. that's so interesting to me because that's all you see online is people telling you to get offline if you're not feeling well but for you it has the opposite effect yeah it makes sense when you say because yeah it is it is your form of communication with people and it's yeah it's almost like escapism I guess and and I, I think as well I mean you would like to think that a lot of us are doing this, but they're not. I haven't seen friends. I just haven't. The I saw you in a socially distanced way, was it four months ago, maybe? Yeah, wow. Or something like that. I haven't seen people, you know, and when we have, it's been socially distanced and it's been for a short period of time. It's not been hours and hours and hours. We haven't had sleepovers or anything like that. It's, mm. it's been for short periods of time in an abnormal way to our norm anyway so therefore I do crave that social aspect but I'm terrified to socialize right now so the only way I can do that is through being online yeah that totally makes sense another way that people were coping with their anxiety in the first lockdown were getting pets I'm very jealous (laughs) yeah I found that really interesting I actually remember thinking at the time isn't this a period of time where people are losing their jobs that is exactly what I thought I thought how are they affording this Mm. and it's actually come to light recently in the news that I think it was a quarter of people who bought pets in the first lockdown can no longer afford them that's so it's really sad they're then having to give up their pets and I can only imagine that animal charities are 
probably suffering enough as it is but then mm. to have to receive these pets that people can no longer afford to take care of it must be such a strain what are your thoughts on that do you think that's quite selfish of people to have done that to have bought a pet or to get them in the first place in a um, situation where I no, I, I don't think it's selfish because their intention wasn't to get rid of it they okay. they had you know bought a pet thinking they could afford it I think maybe a little naive because of the situation we were finding ourselves in I think to have not assumed that your um, job could have potentially been affected by it maybe or you know something I just think this whole pandemic has completely shown us that everything isn't as stable as we once mm. would thought or hoped so yeah I think naive is probably more than what I would use I think it's just a shame really I I, I also am someone who I think if you want a pet you need to think about it don't do it in like on impulse um, I was gonna say impulsive is the word that I would have used yeah I, I think impulse with a life whether it's a child or a pet is not to be done like that is not how you make those decisions in my opinion when I wanted a dog I was three or four and my parents said when I was 10 um I could get one I didn't end up getting him until I was like 11 I spent all of those years constantly going to libraries and getting books out about dogs so that yeah. I knew about them and I knew that we were going to be training and I just knew that it was going to be a big you know undertaking to to have another life in our family and so I think in my head when someone gets a puppy or just adopts an animal on impulse my heart is so excited and happy for them but there's almost like a pit in my stomach where I'm like please tell me you know what you're doing don't just be like trying to do this on a whim yeah it's so hard to take care of a, a puppy or as cute as they are they are such hard work they're and adorable I think that and they're the best they're one of the best things in life in my opinion I absolutely mm. love dogs and mm. I taught I'll tell you what I do torture myself with online that I need to stop doing is I look at dogs online that yeah. is all I do every day mm. <laughs> I just and so my dog passed away a couple of years ago I would love to have a whole army of dogs I really would but my family um aren't one they don't want to have another dog again and you know we're just aware of financial situations it probably wouldn't be a smart idea so yeah we're not doing that but I would love to I completely understand why so many people have adopted animals or bought pets or whatever I just think it's a real shame when they haven't thought about it logistically and then they do have to give up a fairy family friend yeah it's really sad another way that people have been coping with their anxiety have been doing things like coloring what's it called okay. like colored by numbers things like doing? that yeah so I, at the beginning of the pandemic I started doing coloring I don't know what it's called just color by numbers or whatever yeah like and, yeah and I did actually start a course as well um interior design oh yeah, yeah yeah which for me was great because it was I was craving something because I wasn't going back to work I, I lost my job I was craving something for myself felt completely lost in being a new mum and had no idea 
who I was really anymore so I was like well I want to do something learn something for myself because I love learning new things and I found it really interesting it was something that I would never would have chosen before yeah I was Um, very surprised when you told us that that's what you were doing also because I was sort of like how are you not exhausted already now you want to do a course (laughs) yeah and I'm really glad I did it it was Mm. great and I think because we'd recently moved into our house as well I was thinking yes oh this could give me ideas about what would look good Mm. with whatever limited space that you have how can I make it look the best that it could possibly be? And I did get some ideas from it. Um, and that was great. So in that sense, learning a new skill was actually really beneficial for me. But what I found not very beneficial, and I still don't find very beneficial, is seeing those picture diagrams on Instagram with like self-care, things that you can do when you're feeling anxious in the moment, because I have a toddler. So I cannot right. just be like, bye Mila, I'm going to <laughs> mommy needs to have a bath now and yeah. light some candles and yeah see you later have I fun. can't even imagine how that would even go down like what would happen if that was if you even attempted to do that um she would scream bang the door down like she is <laughs> seriously attached to me so there is no even going to the toilet on my own let alone having a bath no so that kind of thing actually for new parents isn't very helpful I d- don't get me wrong I do get moments of Mm self-care but that's towards the end of the day and if you're feeling anxious in the moment that doesn't help like what would you then think um well one what do you do in the moment and two what do you think you would benefit more from being told as a parent or as someone who cannot do those self-care things then and there who like what would you rather be told I mean if I'm being honest I still struggle with it and it's something that I think I, I just I think I've actually got mentally stronger since becoming a parent because oh, I'm literally like, I have to completely cope on my own now. Like there's mm-hmm. no... Self-soothe. Yeah, there's no... I have to self-soothe. I have to... I think there aren't... I, I wouldn't say like I, I do this like by ritual every day, but I think having like positive affirmations is something that helps. Mm-hmm. Like just constantly repeating my, to myself that, that I can do it. Or that I am doing it I think that's a, a big thing actually I, I read this lady's post the other day called Anna Matha I don't know again if you, you probably don't follow her but she's I believe she's a psychologist but also a mum of three and she does these really amazing posts about she had postpartum anxiety and I think she's always lived with anxiety right again inspirational posts that she does and she said that recently she did a video where she said every time I tell myself that I can't do something she thinks back to the time when she was in her third labor and she was really struggling she was like on the floor like I can't do this and the midwife was literally saying to her you are doing it your body is doing it like (laughs) you are living through this right now you are doing it like Mm. whether you whether you're struggling or not you're finding it really hard mentally you are doing it you're doing the best you can so I think that's such a lovely thing for people because I think that relates to everyone in the pandemic because you are Mm. living in the pandemic whether you think you're doing it well or not you're doing it yeah you're making it through every day Mm. you're getting closer and closer to hopefully better times so I think just reminding myself of that yeah and I guess like Mila is a distraction if yeah definitely if I do switch myself off from everything that that's it's just such a sort of paradox with with being a mum is that I find myself having a lot more time to be in my own thoughts but then I also have moments where I'm like 
oh wait Mila's doing something really cute and funny so I'm paying attention to that mm. so it's like a mixture of got time to sit and think about things but also I'll I can't get too down about this because Mila really needs me right now yeah so actually having that reliance on me I think that does help um, distract but I think if I was Joe said this a few times actually he said quite a few times that he thinks that my anxiety will get a bit better once I'm at work again because I think I'll have something else to kind of focus on mm. and distract me I'm sure it'll come with a lot other things that will probably trigger different anxiety definitely issues <laughs> but I think it will help to kind of have a little bit of adult interaction have like something else to focus on and however boring the task might be it's just something else to put my mind into rather than like oh I'm just Mila's tv is on I'm not really paying attention to it and I'm thinking about how I could get ill or how Mila could get ill and then what could happen and then yeah it's just spiral mm, yeah exactly so uh yeah it's still daily work but I think it's actually in a way going to make me stronger because I'm having to cope on my own so for you it's it's your sort of coping mechanisms are words of sort of affirmation I guess like to yourself yeah sort of accepting like this is what it is you are Mm -hmm. living in it sort of thing yeah it's almost a bit of tough love sometimes yeah sometimes I'm like yeah do you know what you're safe you're healthy Mila's healthy how you're feeling right now definitely valid I don't I don't say to myself like what you're feeling isn't valid but try and focus on the positive things like it's all good it could be so much worse so just try and focus on what you've got right in front of you which is a healthy child you're healthy yourself you're fed you you've got a roof over your head and you're not ill all good I know I know that's probably not relatable to everyone but um that's how I've been coping with it I guess Mm, I think that's good I think you're in a much stronger position than people who you know don't have the amount on their plate that you do which is very admirable thank you very much thank <laughs> you yeah I mean I can't lie and say the last few months have been easy it's been such a roller coaster yeah um like I mentioned earlier losing my job was quite big that's not how I expected to leave like go off maternity leave and go back to work I thought it would be to my old job which was familiar so and yeah, I, I mean I apply for other jobs yeah I didn't think um, that I was gonna like my contract wouldn't get renewed like I thought mm, that mm. I would leave that job when I chose to not yeah on your time yeah. told me to <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I think that's again it's that unknown it's out of your control that's been really tough isn't it I think there have been moments where parts of it being out of my control have been the worst thing ever and then such a blessing because it's that reminder like I don't have a control in this so therefore I don't need to worry about what I can't control so it's it's sort of and it's hard that is not an easy thing to that is not an easy concept to grasp at all because if you're freaked out you're freaked out you can't just tell yourself nope and then you're like oh okay yeah sure I'm fine now it's Mm -hmm. difficult and each day is I, I think I've never lived by a saying so much in my life of taking each day at a time if anything I feel mm-hmm. like I'm taking each hour at a time because yeah. something new is always coming up and I don't mean in the news or anything I, I mean just in my thoughts or in my my feelings you know if, if if I suddenly get a sore throat I'm like oh my gosh have I got it and it's like really you're probably just tired like just go have a hot drink and then you calm down and you're like okay fine I'm good I'm good I'm good so you know it is just doing everything that makes you feel comfortable I 
I've seen so many different coping techniques, different, um, you know, hobbies, different skills. There's so many things out there that I've seen. And I'm not going to lie, I've probably tried a lot of them, but like one wouldn't work for me as in just sticking to one, you know, when someone's like, well, I do this and this really helps. I'm like, great, that will work for me for maybe a day. What's the next thing? Like I need, and I think that's just the nature of the sort of person I am as well. I'm someone who has ADHD tendencies and I just sort of, I need a lot. One thing wouldn't work for me. And I think people need to also remind themselves that that's okay too. Like it's however you can cope through this and you are not expected to come out of this with a PhD. You're not expected to come out of this looking shredded. Like if you are, congratulations, well done, amazing, props to you. Mm. That won't be me. That will not be me. So, you know, I, I just think however you can cope with this, great be sensible, be smart, be kind and caring to other people and mindful of everyone. Like you said, mindful of what people's boundaries and what they're comfortable with. But if you're getting through it the way that you need to, great. And if that's with a skill, congratulations, really, really happy for you. And if not, I'm so happy that you've made it through this, you know, like it's, it's however you get through it, in my opinion. Completely agree. (laughs) I think that's a great way to end it really is Mm. live by each day as it comes and just make it through it whatever you need to do to get through it I really hope everyone is coping all right at the moment and if you're not please feel free to dm us I mean we're happy to sort of hear what you have to say even if you fancy coming on here as well and having a chat about it we're happy to I think on Instagram when we put out a poll the other day asking people what they wanted to talk about the majority was about covid and that kind of surprised me because Mm you think that people are kind of sick of it <laughs> but yeah. I guess you know talking and talking things out helps sharing is caring and um yeah so if if you're struggling we absolutely feel you and we're here for you and yeah let us know definitely and what's the organization that you wanted to talk about today Ray? So today's organization is a non-profit organization, well known in this country. It's Battersea. Uh, It's a sort of shelter for dogs and cats. I don't believe it's any other animals, but they do amazing work. We've got friends who have adopted their animals from there. They rehome animals. They um, look after animals who, when, you know, owners can no longer look after them, they take them in until someone else wants to rehome them, which is great. And it goes great with what we've been talking about today. If you check out their Instagram, it's at Battersea. And then in there, they have a link that takes you to a bunch of different resources where you can make donations. You don't have to obviously adopt an animal. You can just uh, make a donation to help. These organizations really do need your um, donation as well because it's how they're funded. They are non-profitable. So everything that you donate is what they're sort of living off so please go and check them out give them a follow and share with other people that you know and yeah yeah I'm sure they're struggling at the moment as a lot of charities are so if you do have the means to do so please do donate right thank you for listening to us today and we'll speak to you soon bye bye